Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Monday fun time! Sorry to swear. <laughs> you had to go with another Scooter quote? Yes. This is part two of the 2015 Muppets. Yes, the Muppets period. The Muppets period. Yes, that ran on ABC. We were eight episodes deep. We got eight more episodes to talk about. And this is the turn. This is where... Not quite yet. No? No, the turn's after episode 10. Oh, I'm I'm saying that we're going to cover the turn in this episode. Absolutely. Where this is the last of the original part, and then things kind of make a left. Yep. Uh, And as always, we're going to start off by pouring one out. Yes, let's pour one out. What do you got there, Lara? I have two beverages this week. Yeah, I see. You're double fisting. Uh, yeah, I have a sequel beverage to last week's, but that's none of my business. Yes. That is pumpkin spice iced tea with a little bit of Kahlua in it and a ginger snap that floated in it. Yes. Uh, that was very good, but the ginger snap fell apart and now it looks really gross. It does look a bit gross. Uh, so because Kermit the Frog made fun of Pumpkin beer. I also have a pumpkin beer. Yeah, how dare you, Kermit? Yeah, seriously. Very, very rude. Yes. Uh, I have the uh, Uncle Deadly Martini. That is, like so many of your drinks, so blue. Well, Uncle Deadly likes to relax with a martini. And actually, I found out that there's a website that documents every time a Muppet drinks alcohol. Really? Yeah. And uh, he mentioned it mentions that Uncle Deadly likes to re- relax with a martini, uh, but then it gets spilled by Gloria Estefan. We'll get yes. to it. Uh, so what I've done Gloria is Gloria Estefan I- also puts her whole head into the martini. At one yes. Point. So uh, what I've tried to do is I tried to make it more Uncle Deadly. So it's a vodka martini, but I also put some blue curacao in it to make it more Uncle Deadly. And then instead of an olive, I have rounded up a piece of blue Laffy Taffy that uh, is sitting so gingerly in the drink. Well, I don't have a martini glass, so I'm in a, a champagne flute. And the bit that is touching the beverage is like awkwardly melting into the drink, which is weird and gross. I've yet to try this, so I'm going to try it now. It's so blue. Let's talk about the episode. Ooh, is, is it that bad? <laughs> it's fine. It's. I'm going to take a sip of my fine. pumpkin beer. Mm. You made a weird, dumb drink. I honored Uncle Deadly, and I don't actually really like martinis. But so. that's none of my business. Mm. Mm. I don't really like Laffy Taffy either. There's a lot of stuff in this I don't like. Oh, man. This pumpkin beer? I don't care what Kermit the Frog says. It's a good pumpkin beer. Well, if you st- if I sound like I'm eating Laffy Taffy later, it's because I'm eating Laffy Taffy. Please don't eat that on mic. <laughs> That's disgusting for everybody. So, 
Uh, episode nine is one of the standout episodes of the series. Yes. Uh, this one's called Going, Going, Gonzo. Yeah. Oh. And uh, we actually kind of grapple with the idea that Gonzo is past his prime. Yeah, he's, in this not, he's not a performer uh, anymore. He's, he's like the head writer. He's the head writer, which is like doesn't seem to fit Gonzo that much as a character. Right. So like he's kind of grown into a more mature role. And like he's always in like a collared shirt, which is weird for Gonzo. Yeah, and but he's clearly um he's in that place in your young adulthood where you're not who you were when you were like 22, 23 anymore mm-hmm. and you have to figure out who you're going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um because I I know I am not substantially different than what I was when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. But I kind of hit a bell curve where I was like very different for a while. And now I'm just back to being a seven year old. Yeah. You, welcome back to seven year old Lara. Yay. Pumpkin beer. Wait, oh, weird. No. that's weird. I had a bad childhood. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, he hasn't been a daredevil and Gonzo in the old Muppet show and in the films is a daredevil. Yes. Um, you know, he is the very evil Knievel. He always has some kind of stunt. Yeah, he's usually being shot out of things or thrown out of things. There's a lot of, like, catapults and stuff like that. Jetpacks. It's why he's great as Dickens in Muppet Christmas Carol, because mm-hmm. he gets launched out of stuff and thrown off windowsills. And there's a great moment in Muppet Christmas Carol where he gets hit, lands on the back, like, lands on his back on the ground from, mm-hmm. like, a third-story window. Is winded, but doesn't even miss a beat. Yeah, he just sits up and starts talking. Yeah, he Undertaker no-sells falling yeah. out a window. He ain't hurt. He didn't even break his concentration. So, uh, Gonzo uh, decides he misses performing and has a dream stunt that he wants to do. Yeah, it was this stunt where he was shot out of a cannon from one building and landed in a pool on another building. Yes, and it's his dream stunt that he was just like, ah, I, I bet I could do it, but I'm past my prime now. And they kind of are like, yeah, I bet you could still do it. And then they decide they're going to do it. Yes. Uh, and Miss Piggy's new brand deal is going to sponsor him. Yes, Piggy Water. It has 30 grams of fat in a bottle. How's yeah. that possible? It's just water. <laughs> yeah, the... There's also some jokes throughout the show about how uh, it might not legally be a beverage. It's starting to lean closer to a sauce. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is a great joke. And your uh, your big guest star is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. Who, in the, I guess, B-plot, is grifting the Muppets by claiming he doesn't know how to play poker. Oh, yeah, that's right. He... he, he walks away with all the chips. He's like, I'll settle up later. Ha <laughs> ha. Acting. Acting. Uh, which is a great, like, it's a great place to put a Muppet or a, a guest star on the yeah. Muppets of like him getting the upper hand on the Muppets because they underestimate him as a person. Mm-hmm. And Gonzo decides to perform this stunt. And then like Scooter decides he's going to start taking more risks which is a great follow-up because the previous episode was him dating Chelsea Handler. So we see, yeah. like, Scooter Rough. really beginning to change and grow as a person. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about how when this show hits, it hits. We talked yeah. about it with the karaoke episode. Mm-hmm. The stunt 
is the most important part of this episode, clearly leading up to the stunt. Mm-hmm. And they're going to televise it live on Up Late with Miss Piggy, and Gonzo changes his mind. Yeah, well, Bunsen and Beaker do like an experiment, like, this is what will happen if the calculations of the cannon are off. And they shoot like a Gonzo made of watermelon out of the cannon, and it just falls and splatters on the pavement. Yes. And Gonzo's like, whoa. Which I found very interesting because do you remember when we went and saw Nitro Circus in theaters? I do. There's a part where they do this. They put a mannequin on a dirt bike and just throw it off a building. Just to like, hopefully this isn't what happens to Travis. And they do it and they watch it smash and Travis goes, wow, I'm way more scared to do this now. Yeah. So like, I thought it was very interesting that there's like real life precedent for these events. Yeah, um, you mentioned Nitro Circus. I mean, we're still in the COVID pandemic. Yeah, hi. The Baxter Boys reunion tour, as the Game Grumps would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so, you you just reminded me of something I really miss right now, is every August we'd go see something weird. Yeah, we'd go see something probably terrible. Yeah, like we'd just go see one of the like late summer, you're desperate to get out of the house releases. Mm-hmm. And that's why we saw Nitro Circus in theaters. Yeah. And I just, in an empty theater. Yeah, it was us and like a seven-year-old who was there for his birthday. Yeah. Um, but it's this very good reaction of what you see when you see like a 30-year-old stuntman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me, we're big fans of Jackass. Yes. Uh, we did an Action Point episode not long ago. Yeah. Um, like two years ago. Um, and this is reminding me of what we're starting to see with Jackass. Like, mm-hmm. in the third movie. Of them, like, kind of realizing they're mortal. Yeah. And stuff hurts the next day now. hmm Because uh, I remember when we were watching Action Point, he got more injured making that than any of the Jackass movies. Yeah. Because he's aging a little. Mm-hmm. And things don't bounce back the way they do. Right. She said from her new gaming chair, because she threw her back out sitting in a dining room chair to work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks. And it's really interesting to see Gonzo having these moments. Yeah. This, like, existential, aging, grown-up mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. So he's just like, let's let's call this off. And I believe they call it off due to weather is, like, the, yeah. uh, the official reason that they give out. And uh, there's this really nice moment of Kermit talking to Gonzo. And Kermit's like... Honestly, if anyone could have done it, it would have been the great Gonzo. And then Kermit turns around and Gonzo's missing. Yep. He is gone to the roof. He is in the cannon. And you can't forget what the soundtrack music here is. Dave Grohl is also Oh yeah, Dave Grohl is on this episode. And performing the Foo Fighters smash hit, Learn to Fly. Yes. As Gonzo gets in the cannon. Mm-hmm. And the cannon fires. Mm -hmm. And he makes it. He makes it for no one but Kermit. And Kermit is beaming proud of his Mm -hmm. friend. And when this show hits, it hits. Yeah. I would put this in my top 20 Muppet moments. Mm -hmm. It's this great friendship moment for Kermit and Gonzo, which is a relationship we haven't seen enough of yet. Yeah. It's this great character moment for Gonzo. Uh, I cried. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I'm an adult. 
And it's just like, it's one of the things that almost makes the show maddening. Yeah. Because the show knows how to do those moments and doesn't do them enough. Yeah. And like, it, it hits especially for me as someone that also works in the world of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. There are so many times where I talk to a friend who's like, I just can't do it anymore. Like, I can't wrestle anymore. My body won't let me. And then a few months later, I see them get into a ring one more time. And, like, I see that moment where they hit their first bump and get up and, and they're okay. And they're like, oh, this is... Like, even though this is not the level and amount I used to be able to do, I'm still this person. Yeah. And, like, Gonzo, you know... He he is a writer now. He's not in the spotlight. But he's still Gonzo the Great. Yeah. Like, oh. No. Hey! <laughs> I'm Gonzo the Great. No. You're Gonzo the Greatest. Ah. That's right. That's the line. And, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> and that when he says it, mm-hmm. if you're a lifelong Muppet person, a lot of big Muppet fans did not enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. But you would be hard-pressed to not enjoy this moment as a lifelong Muppet fan. No matter how you feel about the rest of the show, this moment is pure classic Muppet. Mm -hmm. And it feels amazing. Yeah, and especially about—we're going to spend a lot of time about this moment because it's wonderful. Uh, For the character of Gonzo, because Gonzo's character, of course, is that he doesn't fit in. Like, right. no one really knows what a Gonzo is. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. He's, I, I think... He's always wearing that stupid hat. Well, no, don't. <laughs> we <laughs> gotta get one episode. in. Ah. Uh, but, like, there, there's the one part, I think it's either the Muppet movie, The Muppet Takes Manhattan, where they're all in boxes. Mm-hmm. And Kermit says frog, Fozzie says bear, and Gonzo says whatever. Like, Gonzo has never fit in, really. Yeah. But he found his identity and the fact that that he did lose it again. Yeah. And, like, he still has it, but he's also something else now. It's very interesting character growth for a character like Gonzo. Gonzo, I find to be one of the most underrated Muppets as far as, like, the main... I know it's hard to be underrated when you're, like, main cast. Yeah, I hear you. But, like, he has some of the core emotional moments of the Muppets, like... I'm going to go back there someday. Oh, God. Is yeah. a top tier Muppet song. Oh, yeah. And, and yet still somehow underrated. Yeah. Oh, I mean top tier as far as quality. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Muppet songs that do not get enough credit for how good they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, He'll Make Me Happy. He'll Make Me Happy does, yeah, does not get the love it deserves. Because I desperately tried to find a good cover of it when you and I got mm-hmm. married. Yeah, it's not on the Green Album. The no. fact that nobody snatched that song up. Really surprises me. That being said, the cover of I'm Going to Go Back There Someday. Amazing. Is incredible on the Green Album. If you haven't heard the Green Album, uh, some of the tracks are a little hit and miss, but some of them, when they hit, they hit. Yeah. Yeah. The the Green Album, if, if you don't know, is a bunch of covers of Muppet songs. Yeah. The Alkaline Trio does Moving Right Along, and it's fantastic. Yeah. That one's really good. Uh, the Rivers Cuomo, Cuomo, Cuomo. And Haley Williams and Haley do Williams. Uh, Rainbow Connection. Do Rainbow Connection is awesome. Speaking uh, of our wedding, I very nearly walked down the aisle to that yeah. particular cover. Uh, OK Go does The Muppet Show, which is one of the misses in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I like Halfway Down the Stairs. 
Well, and uh, you like, uh, I hope that something better comes along. Oh, yes. Which is one of my favorite artists who does that, Matt really Nathanson. Good. Matt Nathan does that cover. It used to be a Roth Kermit duet. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that that whole album is great. Yeah, I really want a mashup of I hope that something better comes along and he's a tramp. <laughs> they both use like the barking as a sound effect. Yes. I think that'd be a cool mashup. There's a cool idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I love this episode. This is like... Really, one of the standout, like, this is Muppet at its best. Yes. Where it's growing, mm-hmm. but plays to the nostalgia that you want. Yeah, it plays to the nostalgia without being a slave to the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And it also updates the characters really well. Yeah. Uh, so the episode ends on Dave Grohl and Animal doing a drum off, which is also oh, a yes. nice way to end this episode. Because it feels very Muppety to be like, we had this great emotional moment. We're going to send you out with like a fun thing. Yeah, I've waited a long time for this animal. And uh, they both destroy their drum sets. And they're both... They decide that it's a tie. You win. Uh, Dave Grohl, of course, long uh, Muppets alumni... Because in the new Muppet movie, he plays Animal's role in the Muppets. Yes. And, like, you never really get a good shot of him, which I really appreciate. Because Muppet cameos are usually, like, you turn around and then your center screen, like, it's me. It's Sarah Silverman. But, like, you can miss the Dave Kroll cameo, which I love. Yeah. He is one of those uh, guests that you can tell found out that the Muppets were going to be filming something Mm -hmm. and was like, literally, please, what, please let me in. Yeah. And like, just his interaction with uh, the Electric Mayhem is great of them being like, so you guys remember how we did it in rehearsal? Oh, we like to do it different from rehearsal. Okay. Well, then why did we even rehearse? Oh, because if we don't rehearse, then there's nothing to do it different from. You know what? Actually, I dig that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like. And Dave Grohl, this was also peak, like, this was when Dave Grohl broke his leg and, like, was, he didn't break his leg before the show, but, like, this is around the same time Mm -hmm. that he, like, broke his leg and just, like, a roadie held his leg in place and he finished the concert. Dave Grohl, I place ahead of Josh Groban, Groban, in the people who should steal John Mayer's spot and John Mayer has a TV show. (laughs) No, I don't think Dave Grohl should have his own show. Mm -hmm. I think Dave Grohl should just regularly crash everyone else's. (laughs) I don't think he should have his own. I think he should show up to Josh Groban's. <laughs> Josh Groban has a TV show starring Dave Grohl. That's confusing. Well, it's like how they want to make Eric Andre replace Ellen, but change nothing about the yeah. promotion. <laughs> so the 10th episode is the episode right before the hiatus. Yes. And it's a Christmas episode. Yay. You gotta love a good Christmas episode. I love, love, love Christmas episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're doing a Christmas special. Of course. And it's a TV show. It makes perfect sense for them to be doing a Christmas special. Uh, Becky has broken up with Fozzie and Fozzie is devastated. Yes. So Miss Piggy's going to help them get back together. Mm Mm-hmm. And we find out that Piggy still has feelings for Kermit. Yes. The other plot, because there's a lot of plots going on in this episode. It is a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no A plot and B plot. It's kind of just, here are all the plots that are coming together during the Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. There are still subplots. Yes. 
Uh, but I think the main plot is we are trying to make a Christmas special work. Mindy Kaling wants to sing and Mindy Kaling can't sing. Yes. And uh, there's a secret Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, Yolanda the Rat was forgotten. Yes. During the Secret Santa. And this year, she has rigged the Secret Santa so that everyone draws her name. Right. So she's getting tons and tons of presents. My grandfather did this one year to our family, Pollyanna. Really? Yes. How did that go over? Uh, he got caught. I mean, how do you not get caught in this scheme? I mean, we don't know about the culture of, like... How serious is everybody about not telling anybody? How much time do they have? Because my grandfather was trying to prove a point that everyone told who had the Pollyanna. Mm -hmm. And when he got caught, like, the next day, Mm -hmm. it was clear. It proved his point. Yolanda has scammed everybody. Right. And I really like the way the storyline resolves pretty quickly and pretty easily. Yeah, I kind of like this as an ending. Yeah, is everyone was like, oh, why did Yolanda do this? Who had her last year? And then they slowly realized that they forgot her. So they all just still give her the presents and apologize to her. Yeah, like it's it's this really nice one. Because she thinks everyone's going to be angry with her. Because mm-hmm. she knows she kind of did something crappy. Mm-hmm. But everyone just gives her their present and like they have a nice moment. Yeah, it's, it's a very sweet little moment. And I want to point out that it's not one of the like... Four Christmas stories. Yeah. Like, it's not the gift of the Magi. It's not the thing that you want's impossible to get. It's not it's, someone has a crisis of faith about Santa and or Christmas yeah. itself. And it, it's not a snowstorm destroys the power. Like, those are the four that you always see. You're right. Yeah, this doesn't do any of those. Mm-hmm. It's uh, making a Christmas special, which the only other one that has making a Christmas special as a plot is a Colbert Christmas. Yeah. And it has all of these little plots of like, it. it's really, per- it reminds me of a Christmas episode of The Office mm-hmm. in a good way. Of it's every single person kind of has their objective. Like Sam the Eagle is trying to catch Janice under the mis- mistletoe. Right. He is desperate to catch her under the mistletoe. And that's his whole plot for that episode is him Trying to stand under the mistletoe, hoping to catch Janice. Mm -hmm. He eventually catches, I'm Chip. (laughs) From IT. And it's a very funny, like, little bit there. But the main emotional plot is Becky dumping Fozzie and Piggy helping them get back together. Yeah. And it's this really good moment where she's encouraging a Fozzie. And we don't see a lot of Piggy's relationships with her staff. No. We have the current we have the karaoke episode. But outside of that, like we don't see a lot of her interacting with these people. Mm-hmm. She's usually like above it all. And to watch her take the time to help Fozzie. So it's really a nice thing to see her take this time and spend time on Fozzie and his relationship. Mm-hmm. And she begins to realize that uh, she is still in love with Kermit, who is still with Denise at this point. Yes. And realizing that she's not going to be able to get him back. Mm-hmm. And that's a moment like, I think every relationship has a moment where 
Like every relationship that ends has a moment where the other person realizes the door is closed forever. Yeah. Like, oh, he's not coming back. Or, oh, I don't, I'm never going to take him back. Yeah, it'll never be fixed. Yeah. And so having this moment is really interesting and really uh, emotionally satisfying. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Then we go on hiatus. Yeah. Now. What happened? So there's a clear executive meddling. Yes. Situation that happens during these, uh, during this uh, hiatus. They wanted to go retool the episode. So they end up taking about two months off, Mm -hmm. quote, quote, off, um, to kind of fix the show. I liked the show that was airing. I loved the show that was airing. So it wouldn't come back until February 2nd. Right. After airing their Christmas episode on like December 8th. Yes. So this is this very weird time period where like, okay, a lot of shows go on hiatus. And I feel like the winter hiatuses are getting longer. Yeah. I I feel like hiatuses in general are getting much longer Completely outside of COVID. The um, shows aren't coming back until like mid to late October now. Yeah. And then the December hiatus is like the first or second week in December. And then they're gone until like very late January, mm-hmm. early February. Because I remember Lost used to be like the worst because they would come back for four episodes. And then like on episode four, you'd be watching and next time on Lost would come on and it'd be like... In six weeks on Lost. It's like, six weeks? That's more hiatus than there's been shows. Yeah, like, a lot of these shows will run four, five, six episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, newer shows don't get that luxury. Newer shows have to come back earlier. Mm-hmm. Be- or newer shows start earlier because they need to do that front nine, back mm-hmm. 13 thing. Or front 13, back nine. Yeah. And so they, they kind of clearly want to change the show mm-hmm. they reg- they clearly regret breaking up kermit and piggy off camera right because that's a huge focus of the rest of the show is the kermit piggy relationship mm-hmm. right down to they change the intro of the show yes which is so weird so in the intro of the show in the first 10 episodes it's kermit goes to get a cup of coffee and then madness happens around him Mm-hmm. Until the craft services table has been ravaged. Mm-hmm. And he just gets... All he does is, like, look at what's left and go, It's time to get things started. <laughs> and now all of that happens, except for the end, when now it has Piggy come in and go, Kermy! And hand him, like, a Starbucks cup. Yes. So Piggy has now been transformed into someone who is thoughtful and kind to Kermit. Mm -hmm. And then he says it's time to get things started. Yes. To her. Mm -hmm. So it recenters Piggy as being the second lead. Yes. And it also creates their relationship as a focus. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, I thought that this was because uh, the next episode was a Piggy-centric episode. Yeah. And that's why I kind of thought they had done this. Mm-hmm. But then it's for the rest of the show. Yes. So 
There's also this like biting the hand humor mm-hmm. and it's not done as well as I've seen it done in other shows. The network has turned up a branding guru. Yes. Named Pache. Well, first we're introduced to like the head of the network. Because yes. We got to bring her up because she's stay doomed alum. Yes. June Diane Raphael. Yes. Uh, who has been in so many shows for us. Uh, she's the network pl- president, Lucy. Yeah. She played uh, 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 Adam Scott's wife in uh, The Greatest Event in Television History. Yes. Uh, she's also in Burning Love. Yes, that's how I know her. Yeah, she's a fantastic character actress. And she just has Muppets. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me. She, she has Muppets, love? She has muffins. Muffins. She's always carrying muffins and kind of using them as, like, her way of getting into the room. So it's her way of, like, being like, hey, welcome. Here's some muffins. Now do what I say. Yes. It's her way of, like, looking like she is kind. They're Trojan muffins. Mm-hmm. She brings in Pache. Pache. And Pache is the branding guru. He is this very stereotypical, like, millennial kind of thing. Like, he is what's cool and what's big and what people are interested in now. Yeah, he's Tom Haverford. Oh, God, he is. Yeah. Uh, he's Tom Haverford if Tom Haverford was respected in his job. Yeah. He's successful Tom Haverford. Yeah, and who Tom wants to be. Yes. Um, it's Tom Haverford if John Ralphio wasn't around to ruin his life. <laughs> and uh, Key and Peele happened to be guesting on the show that week. And Pache right. ruined their show. Yeah, like, he gets blamed for the end of Key and Peele, which yes. is fun. Which was... Um, I actually, I checked the dates on this while we were watching the episode. Mm-hmm. The timeline holds up. Yeah. That, like, this would have aired after Key and Peele was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is in this weird spot before Get Out. Yeah. Where Key and Peele just used to have a show and hadn't had their new projects come out. Key was, like, on some shows. Mm-hmm. Like, Key was playing um, Donna Meagle's husband on Parks and Rec and, mm-hmm. like, he was a nice guy love interest in a bunch of shows. Yeah. And Peel had like vanished for a little bit during this. We now know Peel was working on Get Out. Yeah, yeah. But this was before Get Out came out. This is actually like a month or two before Get Out. Oh, really? Yeah, this was like really quick. Huh. Um, so uh, Kermit and Piggy are trying to deal with the fact that Pache has all these ideas. He wants all these, like, gimmicks, and he is trying to make it, like, a YouTube-friendly, modern sketch show. Yeah. And basically the rebuttal that the Muppets come up with is we don't need what Pache says. They just need more of them. Yes. Um, So Because they they lose Key and Peele. Key and Peele leave. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to do something to fill the time. Let's do one of the old songs. Yes, which folds into the Mm B-plot. Piggy has come back from South America where she spent the hiatus, and she has brought back from the South Pole a penguin. Yes. Named Gloria Estefan, because it was the only South American name she could think of. Yes, Gloria Estefan. Who begins to imprint on Uncle Deadly. Yes. uh, Who has been left in charge. I am not happy about spending the night with you, Gloria Stefan. 
And that's not the first time I've said that. And we no longer see Piggy's dog as much after this. I forgot about Piggy's dog. I was really impressed with the puppet for Piggy's dog, actually. And we don't really see her dog as much after this. We see Gloria Estefan. Yes. Now, Gloria Estefan is not a one-episode character. Yes. We're going to see her for the rest of the run. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Gloria Estefan, I believe, is the one that scares Scooter. Yes. And makes him say, Monday fun time! Sorry, swear. Uh, Denise is starting to be suspicious of Kermit and Piggy's working relationship. Yes. Uh, because clearly the network needs to get rid of Denise. Yeah. She's, she hasn't... And when we say the network, we mean in reality, ABC. Uh, because Denise never really hits with the audience. She doesn't have a lot of characteristics. And not for nothing, Denise shouldn't have been Denise. There is a canon younger pig. Really? Annie Sue from the old Muppet show would have almost made more sense because I believe Annie Sue had also flirted with Kermit Hmm. over the course of Muppets canon. Um, This sounds like a great, like, season two plot. Annie Sue shows up. Annie Sue's return. Yeah. That sounds like a great season two plot. So... Uh, we're we're clearly Denise is still in this episode, but this is clearly the beginning of the end of Denise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kermit and Piggy sing "In Spite of Ourselves," which yes. is one of the old songs, mm-hmm. and the song is super not child appropriate. No, um, it's a very risque song, mm-hmm. but they sing mostly the like PG parts. And he says, like, oh, it's an old corny number. And Denise is like, not the way you two were looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Especially the way Kermit was looking at Piggy. Yeah. Now, I did look it up. It's a John Prine song from the late 90s. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to see. I was like, is it something that was performed in the old Muppet show? And it wasn't. Oh. Because uh, I thought it might have been interesting if it had been something like Love Lettuce here. Yeah, like a legitimate callback. Yeah. And uh, Love Lettuce here, again really underrated mm-hmm. Muppet song. They don't really go back through the old Muppets songs. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wish they brought them back from time to time. Yeah. Um, so this kind of ends with Pache taking credit for the fact that mm-hmm. the show did well yeah. with their ideas. And they let Pache take the credit for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was kind of, it's kind of that plot of if we let him think it's his idea, we'll get away with whatever we want. Right. And we're starting to already see the end of Denise. Mm-hmm. So that's that episode. Uh, so our next episode is uh, very, very Miss Piggy-centric. Yes. And almost should have aired way earlier in the show. Yeah, I can see that For plot argument. reasons. Yeah. This is Unveil the Tale. Yes. This is what my drink last week was based on. And it's this really fun beginning of the episode of Piggy is going to the People's Choice Awards and Kermit is her plus one. Mm -hmm. Kind of also setting into motion this like jealousy from Denise because she's going to this big Mm -hmm. award ceremony. Kermit's going as her date. Mm -hmm. And what is she wearing? She's wearing a dress that is backless. She's wearing Uncle by Deadly. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Uncle by Deadly. 
When asked who you're wearing, it's uncle. But deadly. Which she does. I kind of thought that was going to be a joke that she was going to mess it up. Yeah. Uh, Deadly, like, coaches her and how to pose, like, just... Oh, wait, and do not forget to show off the back with a turn, a peek, and a pop. Well, when she pops, her tail pops out. Yes. And this is treated as a Janet Jackson-level wardrobe malfunction. Yes, yes. This is a great muppification of a common star faux pas. Yeah, like, it's a nip slip. Yes. However, it's... Also interesting because it's, she deals with prejudice against her being a pig. Yeah. And it becomes this huge, huge media. Yeah, because basically what ends up happening is she's embarrassed and then she decides she's going to own it. She decides she's going to own it after a young pig fan comes to the set and talks about like, in gym class, her tail had popped out. Mm-hmm. And she was miserable and she was bullied. But seeing it happen to Piggy meant that she was just like Piggy. Mm-hmm. So this idea of... And you see this with some celebrities with like when they show what they look like with no makeup yeah. or... Yeah, when they re- show off some of their flaws. Yeah. So Miss Piggy's inspired and has a great line of like, I'm as inspired by me as you are. <laughs> And it's this great little moment. And she, like, hugs the little girl. And it's this, it's this very cute moment where she kind of realizes what she means to fans. Mm-hmm. And that's when she decides to own it. Right. And the network loses their minds because there's a big media blitz for Unveil the Tale. Tonight, we're going to unveil the tale. Excuse me. We're going to hashtag unveil yes, the tale. hashtag it. And the network is losing it because it's essentially, like, a female... Uh, it's essentially like a female talk show host being like, take him a bra off in front of everybody. Yeah. Gonna show you some boob on primetime. Mm-hmm. The censors will not allow. And like Sam the Eagle is losing it. Mm-hmm. You are not taking this seriously oh. enough. The One Million Angry Parents Association are outside protesting right now. A million? I only see three of them, Sam. They like to round up. They, they're, they're going forward with the stunt. Mm-hmm. And they've redecorated the set to have little tails coming off all the buildings. Mm-hmm. All the uh, mugs have little tails on them. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much tell them sponsors will pull out and the show will be canceled if Piggy pulls her tail out. Yes. So they have a clever solution. Mm-hmm. Piggy comes out and says, I'm not allowed to unveil the tail. That doesn't mean everyone else can't. And so did, so the whole casting crew unveils the tale, mm-hmm. including Joan Jett. Yes. Who sings Bad Reputation. Yeah. And I forgot how much I like that song because it's Ronda Rousey's entrance music in uh, WWE. And you hate her. And I don't care for her. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot. This is what this song is when I like it. Yeah. So everybody's wearing a tail. The band, Fozzie. Yeah. Kermit, the crew. Deadly. They all have tails. And the B-plot is that uh, Gonzo has moved into a bachelor pad with Pepe and Rizzo. Yes. And they're, like, trying to have parties. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he just misses Camilla. Yeah, he misses his chicken love. And uh, she comes to the party. Mm-hmm. That's really the only thing about their plot is it, it is furthering Gonzo's character as, like, aging party boy. 
do, do they make up here? They do. Yeah, they basically reestablish their relationship. And it, it is like the, it is really accurate to the aging party boy. Mm-hmm. Of like, he had a serious girlfriend, it didn't work out. Yeah, he tries to regress into the person he was, but he can't. Yeah. And he like, easily resists temptation. Mm-hmm. Like, there's girls in the hot tub who want him to join them, and he's like, eh, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, they do have some jokes about it being Groundhog Day, and they do have the, uh, they do have, like, at least one repeating joke, Mm -hmm. because it's kind of the Groundhog Day episode. Uh, the next episode is one of my favorites. Really? Um, Miss Piggy realizes she doesn't have any friends. Yes. And this is a sweet episode, and it does have, like, a really... Good emotional moment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Miss Piggy hears Janice talking about her friends. And Miss Piggy's like, I don't have any real friends. And when she hears Janice talking, she immediately, like, gloms on Janice, mm-hmm. who's one of the only other women working in the yes. show. And she's the only other female performer on the show. Right. She's in the band. And Janice does aerial silks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pink does them. That's where, like, the Glitter in the Air video comes from. Right, right. And Miss Piggy goes with her. Miss Piggy is way better at them than she has any right to be with Miss Piggy's... Yes, upper body strength. (laughs) Yes. Um, She's actually, like, pretty good at them. Mm -hmm. But she kind of gloms onto this girl. Yeah. And is like, we're going to be best friends. You want to go to the, you want to go here with me? And she comes on very, very strong and freaks the girl out. Yeah, that's right. You're friends with Miss Piggy now. Yeah, and the girl's just like, no, okay. Yeah. And then uh, the Pache plot is that he's trying to get SponCon into the show. Yes. He's trying to get a Pinkberry ad, like, jammed into the show. Mm -hmm. And when Kermit refuses, he tries to bribe the writers. Yes. And he appeals to the idea that the writers are underappreciated. And he takes them out and he, like, wines and dines them. He's like... You can't go to this really nice restaurant the way you're dressed. Mm. I'll handle it. Let's get suits. So he gets them nice suits. RuPaul makes an appearance. Mm -hmm. And there's a great relatable RuPaul moment in here Mm -hmm. where RuPaul is wearing like Christmas boxers. Yeah. And somebody makes fun of him. And RuPaul's like, there's still underwear in February. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a thing I have yelled before in my life. Yes. Where it's like, I have... Like Christmas mugs, and I'm like, uh, I can still drink out yeah, of it. Still hold water. Yeah, like I have a Christmas mug I use almost year round now because it's a good travel mug. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, still holds coffee in June. Yep. Still good. And so the writers have been feeling unappreciated and are willing to dance to Pache's tune because Pache's made them feel appreciated. He bought them fancy suits. He took them to a fancy lunch. Mm-hmm. So by the time they get back, they want to write a Pinkberry uh, sketch. Right. And they end up uh, kind of going in another direction. Mm-hmm. Where they, they, they're kind of inspired to write a sketch about friendship. Mm-hmm. Instead of the Pinkberry sketch, because and they convince Pache it, that's what he convinced them to do. Yes, they they also do a bit where uh, because at this point they're trying to incorporate more of the cast into the show, mm-hmm. 
where uh, various members of the the crew uh, were given a trash bag and had to create fitness, or I'm sorry, fitness fashion. That's that's the sketch that they were inspired to do. You're right. Uh, And uh, RuPaul has to judge. And uh, Sweetums comes out wearing a trash bag. And then the writers come out wearing the suits. And they're just like, this is what was in the trash bag. Yeah, because the way they uh, the way they do it is the Swedish chef did Sweetums' dress. Oh, that's right. Sweetums was the model. Yeah, and then uh, Big Mean, I think it's uh, Bobo. Yes. He's like, the suits were in the bags. Yeah. So I think it's time to bring this up, I guess. Uh, it seems to me like the note was, we're not seeing enough of the Muppets. Yes. And they're just trying to include more and more Muppets now. Right. So like, that's why they're all being thrown into the shows and they're all doing sketches and stuff like that. Uh, I also want to bring up the fact that the guy who throws fish has shown up randomly. Yeah, Lou. Yeah, and like I'm guessing Lou was someone's favorite Muppet that they were just like, where's Lou? Yeah, Lou Zealand is suddenly in the show and where he hadn't really been before. Yeah, so he gets shoehorned in. Uh, there's a really nice plot we, we do need to talk about here in this episode. Okay. Ingrid Michaelson appears and she is singing a duet with Piggy called The Way I Am. Mm-hmm. And Piggy is like really upset she still doesn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. And then she starts singing The Way I Am, which is a song about, like, you take me the way, as, way I am, you love me anyway. And as she sings, uh, Deadly is coaching her. Yes. And over the course of the song, she realizes, and she can't believe that Deadly never knew that he was her one true friend all along. Yes. And then uh, Uncle Deadly is directing a musical production of Clueless. Yes! At the end, we see his lead has quit on him. Yeah. And so he is going on a share. Yes. And so we see him doing the opening monologue of Clueless. Well, you you see him say something backstage like, All right, let's get it started. We don't want to keep our three attendees waiting. Because no one comes to his shows. Mm -hmm. And he goes out and he does the first few lines and he hears a big laugh. Mm-hmm. And he looks out, and it's the entire cast and crew mm-hmm. with Piggy at the lead. Mm-hmm. And he's momentarily taken aback with, like, emotion. Piggy and Kermit say something to one another, and then he snaps right back into being Uncle Deadly. He's yes. like, excuse me. Yes. Just the art going on up here. Can you finish up your conversation so I may continue? And it's a good moment. Yes. It's... The one, one of the things this show gets right is they really bring forward certain characters in mm-hmm. a really positive way that has stuck. Yes. Deadly, Bobo. Those are the two that really come to mind. Yolanda. Those characters hit really well and it sticks really well. It's amazing how well they're able to do show, not tell emotions with puppets. I, it's something that the Muppets have always been yeah. incredibly good at. Yeah, th- this is a wonderful moment. It's just, it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's even better because, like, Deadly's in the blonde wig and the iconic yellow plaid suit. <laughs> yes. And it's everybody. It is everyone we know in the cast from 
like Floyd Pepper to Chip from IT to Big Mean Carl. Mm-hmm. Everyone's there. And it's just this very sweet, very earnest, very Muppety moment. Mm-hmm. All right. The next one is the Robin episode. Yes. Uh, Cousin Robin, or Nephew Robin, uh, who you might remember from the, the Sesame Street, probably, uh, is uh, Kermit is his uncle. Really? You're going to go with Sesame Street to what you would remember him from? That's what I remember him from. I See, yeah, my first thing is Muppet Christmas Carol. He's Tiny Tim. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I One of my favorite Sesame Street songs is Caribbean Amphibian, which he is part of. I don't even think about it as being a uh, Sesame Street episode because Nickelodeon used to just run Caribbean Amphibian and Kokomo just like on commercial breaks. Yeah. Uh, I miss stuff like that yeah. where they used to just run things on commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. Little shorts. Yeah, it's so good. And uh, so this is an episode where Robin's parents are divorcing. Mm-hmm. And he's really invested in Kermit and Piggy's relationship. Yes. And he thinks they are still together. Yes. He, he still refers to Piggy as Aunt Piggy. Yeah, Aunt Miss Piggy. Aunt Miss Piggy, yes. And uh, Piggy is fond of Robin. Mm-hmm. She is unironically... Um, she's guilelessly Mm -hmm. fond of him. Yeah. In a very, like, very sweet way. I think one of the big notes of this hiatus was make Piggy decent. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they needed to tone Piggy down. She's not likable. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we, I think there's an argument that Kermit was too manipulative. Yes. So having Kermit be a little less um, deceitful. Mm-hmm. So Kermit begs Piggy to pretend they're back together. Yes. And the whole crew is in on it, even Scooter. Yes, but Scooter can't lie. Scooter doesn't want to be the first person to lie on Twitter, Noah. Yeah, he doesn't want he doesn't want that to happen. So instead, Kermit just tells Scooter, Hey, you guys we're back together. This way he's he's not lying, he's just wrong. <laughs> well, and they do it in this great way where he he tells them they're not back together. And Scooter's like, but then, I, then I'm going to have lied on Twitter. And Kermit goes, you know what, Scooter? We're back together. Mm-hmm. Like, so that anyone intelligent would know he's full of it. Yeah. But Scooter is so innocent and so naive that he's like, okay. <laughs> and uh, he's just, he's so upset. Mm-hmm. And... There's this great moment where Scooter's upset and is, like, drinking milkshakes in Rolf's bar. Yeah. (laughs) Go easy there, Scooter. I'll go easy when life does. Uh, that music's not helping, Rolf. Hey, I found out I got worms. This is just where I am right now. And the B-plot here is that Pepe and Rizzo have lost Gonzo again to Camilla. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of just like trying to find someone else to be their third member. Mm-hmm. Because they said like two is creepy, three is the ideal number to get a man, yes. to get a woman. So they're auditioning uh, Chip from IT, I think Big Mean Carl, uh, Sam, yes. Sam Eagle, and someone else I think. Uh, the chef, I want to say? Yeah, maybe the chef. So, that's that plot, but it culminates in, like, a big laser tag. Yes. 
Um, um, they all go out for laser tag and except for the people in the B plot in the B plot and Scooter's like I'm so glad you guys broke up and got back together and Piggy and Kermit kind of look at each other and just kill Scooter <laughs> yeah it's very cute in laser tag they don't murder him yeah and it's it's cute and then like Piggy does a very mature thing where she uh she tells Robin, like, I still care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, Kermit and I might not be together anymore, but, like, we can still be friends, and you can still call me Aunt Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Aunt Piggy? Aunt Miss Piggy. Aunt, Aunt Miss Piggy. And it's a really good character growth moment for Piggy mm-hmm. of us understanding why they were together and understanding mm-hmm. how they fit into each other's lives. Yes. And this is also when Piggy finds out that Denise is not in the picture anymore. Yeah. Denise has asked for time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we've kind of planted the seed of this relationship isn't doomed. Yes. And then uh, all of the auditionees for Wingman go out. I think it is just Carl, Chip from IT, and Sam. Yeah. Go out and they're like practicing getting women. Mm-hmm. And they are more successful than- Yeah, as a trio. Yeah, they are more successful without Pepe and Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found Miss Piggy's dog, because in the uh, thumbnail, it's in Big Mean Carl's mouth. Oh, maybe. He uses the dog to impress a woman, <laughs> which frankly, works. Yes. Uh, I do love the stinger for this episode. Yes. Because uh, Gonzo says something like, if you're looking for women, uh, Camilla has some hot friends. And Rizzo and Pepe are like, uh, eh, I'm not super into chickens. And then it cuts to, at the very end, Carmela and these two beautiful women. Yes. Uh, just like, so what do you guys want to do? I don't know. Let's have a pillow fight, in, like in all those movies written by men. And they have the pillow <laughs> fight and feathers fly everywhere. And the two women look at each other and go, these are filled with foam. <gasps> and Carmela has just been demolished. She's like, fine, but without feathers. Yeah. And she goes, <laughs> and she's like embarrassed. And what that's- did she do? <laughs> and it sounds more puppy dog It does. So the next episode is a very classic plot. It's the morphine plot. Yes. Uh, Miss Piggy breaks her ankle horribly. <laughs> yeah. Doing uh, the single ladies dance. Yes. So... Uh, I need to point out that they aired this show back-to-back with the season finale. Mm. So we should talk about these together. Yeah, because they're rushing this to end. Because at this point, I think it's canceled. It is not canceled yet at this point. Really? No, the cancellation was announced in May. Because I remember watching the final episode live going, Oh, this is canceled. You were correct in guessing, (laughs) but we didn't know it was canceled. Uh, Miss Piggy is in the hospital, and Pache is going to replace Piggy. Yes, with a DJ? Yeah, with, like, his friend. Yeah. And they, Kermit's like, we're not going to let that happen. And they get Willie Nelson. Yes. Which is fun. And uh, Kermit has her do the show from, from her hospital, hospital bed. bed. Which feels really prescient. Mm-hmm. Of how TV had to happen in 2020. Yeah, so many people just performing in their living rooms. Yeah, people doing things from their living room or their home office. Or, you know, like I, I teach and my students are often sitting on their beds doing work because mm-hmm. that's their space. And 
Piggy accidentally, when she's trying to hit the nurse call button, hits her morphine drip. Yes. Which is such a Hollywood hospitalization thing, because you'd never be able to turn up your own morphine like that. That, I mean, I I remember that joke from The Simpsons. Yeah. If you need anything, just hit this button. That calls the nurse? No, it just increases your morphine. Yeah, I I don't think that's how it would really work in the real world. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Pepe and the gang are stopping Pache from taking over the show by enabling Mm -hmm. this ruse with Kermit. But by the time uh, Piggy is doing the show, she is high AF. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why it's great that Willie Nelson's the guest. Yeah. Because Willie Nelson makes a lot of jokes about, like, not being the... Like, veiled Muppety jokes about Mm -hmm. not being the highest person there. Yeah. That are very, very funny. Mm -hmm. And he sings on the road again. Yeah. And it's, like, nice. And then uh, the show is a success. People love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it feels very human. Yes. In the way that people have connected to entertainment now. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Uh, afterwards, she's being taken into surgery because they do have to reset her ankle and fix yeah. it. And as she's being wheeled away, she tells Kermit she loves him. Yes. And Kermit says, I love you, Piggy. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that they're still on broadcast. Well, also not realizing that Piggy is like super morphined out. And as she's being wheeled, she's like, and I love you, Lamp. Yeah, she, like, tells three orderlies and a light switch. Yeah. And, but then, like, as she's wheeled away, he says it again. Yeah, like, he realizes in that moment that he does still love her. But he is on broadcast, so everyone has seen it. Mm-hmm. So, that's the quote-unquote cliffhanger that we have going into the finale. Yes. Really, you didn't wait more than two seconds because they ran these two back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So, the next episode is... Kermit deciding, Kermit trying to decide whether he wants to get back together with Piggy. Mm -hmm. But it's this really interesting plot of there's never really just two people in a relationship. Mm -hmm. All of your friends and family get involved. So there's team friendship and team love. Yes. And team love is trying to do whatever they can. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pepe is the head of team love. Mm Mm-hmm. Who really just want them to get back together. But they keep getting in Kermit's head and Kermit is looking Mm. for signs. Yeah. And Piggy is hemming and hawing back and forth about whether she wants to get back together with Kermit. Mm -hmm. Because she is reason to believe that Kermit is going to make a big grandstand gesture. Mm -hmm. And as Kermit's trying to decide, he pulls up next to Jack White. Yes. Of the white stripes. Who is jamming out in his car to You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Mm -hmm. Which we have established is their song. Mm Mm-hmm. And he calls over to Jack White, who knows Kermit, and they have a conversation, and they go to the park together, and he's like, Jack, you're you're the big gesture. You're going to come and sing that. And Jack White's like, do you think I have nothing better to do with my night tonight? And he's like, uh. And Jack White's like, I don't have anything better to do. Yeah. There's also a great shot of them just singing Fell in Love with a Girl. Yeah. Like, driving, which is great. It's carpool karaoke. Yeah. But good. But Kermit and Jack White. But good. Mm-hmm. Um... So this, this ends in like, he's singing, uh, you are the sunshine of my life live. The whole cast and crew is rallied behind Kermit at this point. They're wearing love t-shirts because Mm -hmm. Pepe is going hard. Oh yeah. And we see everybody. We see like Menomina. 
Do, 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 do. Like, uh, we see everyone. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Crazy Harry shows up? The guy who blows stuff up? Yeah, and we see, like, the Snoths. Like, yeah. This is company bow. Everyone is here. Mm-hmm. And Piggy flees mm-hmm. during the gesture and decides she's going to fly to Thailand and take a break and collect her thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then Kermit gets on the plane... Uh, but we don't know that yet. She asks for her in-flight calzone. Yeah, which is not a thing, but a, a lie that has been webbed by uh, Kermit. And Kermit brings it to her himself this time. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I never had the heart to tell you in-flight calzones weren't a thing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, but every flight I've ever been on, even the ones you weren't on, she go- and he says, like, I've arranged for calzones to be on every flight. Mm-hmm. So this, like, really nice thing. And she kind of, like, passes out. Yeah, isn't she, like, on Ambien or something? Yeah, she's, like, popped an Ambien before her mm-hmm. flight, which a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, especially on long-haul flights, decide to sleep through it. Mm-hmm. And she kind of passes out mid-sentence mm-hmm. because they decide, like, they need to talk. And it is point of no return. Kermit cannot get off the plane. Mm-hmm. So now he's stuck flying to Thailand with her. Mm-hmm. And also on the flight. Not knowing whether she returns his feelings yet or not. Yeah. But they have to go to Thailand together for a couple weeks and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Also on the flight. Also on the flight. It's Pepe the Prawn. Because, because team love. Love. And the last thing we see in the episode is Pepe the Prawn. Yeah. And the plane takes off and that's the end of the Muppets. Yep. Which is a weird ending. Yeah. It definitely is. Uh, I, like, I think that there's no question that they get back together. Yeah. Ba- like, based on how that ending is. I know some people feel differently. Uh, it's very clear to me that Pache exists. Because we, we didn't even mention the Pache side plot where they make him reconnect with his father so he leaves. Yes. Uh, it, it feels to me like when they took that hiatus, ABC was like, we have so many notes. Yeah. This needs an antagonist. Yes. And that's where they come up with Pache. And I hate him. Like, but not in that good character way. Yeah, he's just a... He, I hate him the way I hate Tom Haverford. Where I'm just like, like shut up, you're annoying, and you yeah. don't know anything. Like, I don't like, care. we needed Pache to be right. Mm-hmm. So they had to listen to him about something. Yeah. And, like, we never see Pache be right. And they, they got a new co-showrunner during the hiatus. And when I tell you who it is, you're going to be like, really? And this person also co-wrote the season finale. Okay. How familiar are you with Full House? I'm aware of it. How familiar are you with Steve from Full House? Oh, really? Yes. Why would I make that up? Ugh. He joined after the hiatus. Interesting. And uh, so they were trying to retool the show and make it uh, back to what it was. This was also the demise of Steve, Whit- Steve Whitmire, who had been playing Kermit at this point for about 25 years. Yeah. He was the second Kermit after Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. And his first project was Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And he famously had a dream when he was doubting himself before shooting that film of being in a hotel lobby. And Jim Henson was just kind of sitting there kicking it. Mm-hmm. And Jim consoling him and telling him it was all right. 
Wow. And that was when Steve Whitmire said, like, I can do this. Wow. So, like, this really nice story and this show, Steve Whitmire had some very different opinions on how Kermit was done in the show, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of fans echoed. A lot of people didn't like Kermit being manipulative in the way that Kermit is in the show. Mm-hmm. They didn't like Kermit lying to Robin. They didn't like a lot of the plots where Kermit wasn't kind. Yeah. It, like Which I kind of agree with. There's some times where I, I'm i a little like, ugh. But like, Kermit just got out of a major relationship. And I could see him being like, in this place of like, I don't care. And I really enjoyed seeing that side of Kermit where he's like, like, he still has to put up with Piggy, but he doesn't have to placate her. Yeah. So, like, seeing that side of Kermit where he's kind of fed up and he's had enough, I think was good for him. I can agree, but I genuinely think that if we had seen that be season two. This is my big thing from the beginning. Uh, the fact that, and I said this last time, the fact that Kermit and Piggy break up off camera. It's a huge mistake. The, huge. If that's how season one ended... Like, I don't think it would have gotten canceled. Because I think people would have been like, what do you mean Kermit and Piggy broke up? Yeah. I need to watch and see what happens. So Steve Whitmire was canned after this show and fired from being Kermit. Really? Yeah, he's been replaced by uh, Matt Vogel. Matt Vogel. Who played Constantine in Muppets Most Wanted. And a lot of people don't love him in the role. Huh. Because a lot of people feel he uh, isn't right as Kermit. He he gets a little bit of a pass from me because he is uh, Uncle Deadly. Mm. And he's also the current Count. I like the idea that maybe in a few years we could just be like, Constantine took Kermit's spot. That is a popular fan theory. <laughs> but he's also the current Count Von Count. Um, and he has played Big Bird in multiple productions. After the retirement of Carol Spinney. Um, For our viewers, what you'd probably know him from playing Big Bird in is the YouTube Rewind. Oh, okay. That Big Bird appeared in. Gotcha. So, uh, Matt Vogel has been with the Muppets a long time. Like, this is one of those things of, they didn't just, like, bring in a random. Yeah, this is an earned promotion. Yeah. So, one of the big issues with this show is it was rushed to series. Yeah. Yeah, they did the like this little ten minute um, preview. Yes, and let me just uh, br- like interrupt real quick. Uh, you may have noticed because I, I meant to actually bring this up at the top of this episode. A lot of the clips that I used from uh, last week's episode are actually from this preview and not actually from the show. So if you were listening or watching and being like, "This seems wrong," that's why. So. Uh, they showed it at Comic-Con to, and they really, they publicized the crap out of the series. Mm-hmm. So much publicity and, but the show is rushed. They kind of did this spring 2015, like, look, here's a proof of concept. And ABC went, great, we want it on the fall schedule. Mm-hmm. And I imagine a Muppet show takes much longer to film. Yeah. Than your average, like, sitcom. Uh, I remember reading this about ALF. The sets for ALF were really elaborate. 
uh, because they needed places to hide puppeteers for Elf. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the dad from Elf fa- famously hated the puppets and the puppeteers, claiming they were treated better than he was. Huh. And, like, the sets were hazardous to the human actors. Because I'm uh, guessing there's lots of holes in them? There's a lot of, like, trap doors and things you can trip over. So, it was rushed to series and it kind of shows. But I really did enjoy a lot of this. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm a little... A little bummed out that the show, it got a longer season one than almost any other show we've seen. Yeah. I think episodes-wise, this might be one of the longer ones. I mean, I think Nightmare Ned had more. (laughs) Yeah. At least this one had different episodes that were decent. Yeah. So, I'm really upset about the turn after hiatus. Yeah. And, like, those episodes are still good, but you can tell something is different. Absolutely. And you can tell that there's a scrambling to try to get a second season. Yeah, like, you know that big cliffhanger is because they they <laughs> thought they wouldn't dare cancel us with this big of a cliffhanger. Because, mm-hmm. like, Denise is, like, quickly scrubbed away. Yeah, Denise, is a, Denise goes from being the love interest to vanishing. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's a real shame is what it is. Yeah, and I... I did like a lot of aspects of the show. I liked Deadly. I liked Scooter. I liked Bobo. I liked Big Mean Carl. I liked mm-hmm. Yolanda. I liked what they did with everyone who wasn't Piggy or Kermit. Yeah. Uh, I even liked aging Daredevil Gonzo trying to have like a suit job. Yeah. There's a few moments that somehow got lost in our analysis here that I'm just going to bring up. Uh, Scooter tries to get his ear pierced, which is wonderful. Yes. That's when... the. Uh, during the Daredevil episode, mm-hmm. Scooter is inspired to, like, you know, be one with him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to be a Daredevil now, too. And I really like Janice in this episode because Scooter kind of walks into the band space and Janice is like, Hey, what like yourself at home? Just hang up your aura on one of the hooks. It the looks second like- one's open. The second one is open. <laughs> you do a good Janice. <laughs> I really like Janice as a character. But basically, they try to pierce Scooter's ear, but he's so scared that he turns into the Hulk. Yeah, he like hulks <laughs> out and freaks out. It's really no! funny. Love it. Love it so much. And then there's a great moment where uh, Kermit's kind of trying to find himself, which again, like, Kermit is lost a bit, and but he can't present as lost. Yeah. Because of his place in this show. But, like, we see Kermit hide from responsibility, which is a thing we don't usually see from Kermit. Yeah. So, like, this was going to be Kermit's journey into becoming Kermit again, which I love. And there's a moment where he's like, I just needed to find myself. And you see him in his backyard with his banjo sitting on This is after the yoga retreat episode. Uh, And he starts playing uh, Rainbow Connection. Shut up with the banjo! No, no, his neighbor yells, learn Learn a a new new song! (laughs) Shut up, Greg! (laughs) And I do do like the idea of Kermit losing Kermit. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the Muppets 2011 also did this Kermit losing Kermit and having to get Kermit back. Mm -hmm. And they did it in three minutes with the song Pictures in My Head. Yeah. And they do it really effectively, and they don't do it as effectively here. The writing just isn't there to show that Kermit has fallen. I, I think we needed to see in this in this show Kermit's fall. 
Yeah, it all happens off camera. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. So, uh, any more research before we give this one a verdict? Uh, no, I think that's that's what I got. All right, then. Uh, let me hear it, then. Stay tuned. I yeah. can't... Like, there are problems with this show. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a weirdly reverse Game Over rule. Yeah. They have to unretool it. Yeah, unretool Go it. back to the first ten episodes mm-hmm. and keep doing what worked there. Yeah. And I, Muppets is like pizza. Even not great Muppets is still better than a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched an episode of Muppets Now. You didn't enjoy it, but I was still happy. I really disliked Muppets Now. I've only seen one episode of it. But it felt like the opposite of the Muppets. I I still enjoyed it because it was still like coming home mm-hmm. to my Muppets. Yeah. Um. That being said, it's not the best Muppets of the last three four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, on YouTube, if you look up um, "Great Moments in American History with the Muppets," yeah, both of the Disney shows are on YouTube. Uh, they did "Great Moments in History." They do Paul Revere and the signing yeah. of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, great moments in history, but only the American parts. Yes. And it's with the Muppets. And it's these great little vignettes about American history where Sam the Eagle tries to, like, tell you a story. And everyone else gets involved. And it's so Muppet classic. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I kind of feel like they needed to do stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I would have really liked one of the executive meddling things to be like, it needs to be educational. Yeah. And then, like, watching them try to be educational. We didn't see enough of, like, Bunsen and Beaker doing Bunsen and Beaker crap. Oh, I disagree. This is great Bunsen and Beaker. We established that they were a couple. <laughs> yeah, I'm arguing that we don't see enough of them. Oh, uh, okay. That we don't see enough of them doing Bunsen and Beaker things. Mm-hmm. Like, they should just regularly be, like, blowing stuff up in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love that they're a couple in this. What yeah. we do on our own time is none of your business. Mm-hmm. Um... I would have liked more of that. I I think this show deserves more. Deserved more. Okay. What about you? Uh, so I need I need to say this. Uh, I relate a lot to the Muppets because of its similarity with professional wrestling. Okay. In that, like, professional wrestling is not really about two people fighting. Right. It is the stuff happening behind the scenes. Like, the, comparing Monday Night Raw to The Muppet Show makes a lot of sense. It absolutely does. And Muppets Now is the least like that. Like, it's more of the sketches with a tiny bit of Zoom backstage shenanigans. Yes. This show is the most of that, I think. Like, it is the least about the show they're creating. Because the show they're creating is not The Muppet Show. It's Up Late with Miss Piggy. Yeah. And I really enjoy the concept of these characters I know and love trying to recapture that magic. But in a setting that's kind of impossible to do that. Because it's not The Muppet Show. It's Piggy's show. Right. Uh, And we've made a few jokes uh, throughout that uh, I am Scooter. And when I was working in professional wrestling portraying the character of Scott Holiday, like, I was trying to make that character Scooter. Yes. Where, like... He comes with the theater. Like, I'm very much 
trying to be in charge and do what's best, but I'm so low on the totem pole that, like, no one's really listening amongst all this madness that is happening. Yes. However, that is Scott Holiday. No Houlihan in reality is Kermit. Yes. We're like, I have a lot of stake in the show, I love the show, and I'm in the show. And... Seeing Kermit have that stress and have that loss and have that, like, missing connection and, like, having the chaos truly be chaos and not controlled chaos is something I really enjoy seeing in Kermit. Yeah. So not only will I say that this is a stay tuned, this is my favorite version of the Muppets. I like this more than The Muppet Show. I like this more than Muppets Tonight. I like this more than the film. I thought you were going to say Muppet Christmas Carol. I was going to throw you out of my house. Uh, it's hard for me to... <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol is a perfect movie, but like, you know, there's no backstage shenanigans with that. Yeah. I. You're saying professional wrestling. I've always had that with community theater and The Muppets. Yeah. Like doing college theater and community theater and how... The end goal is that the show happens and no one dies. Yeah, like, I love that feeling of knowing, like, there will be a show on this date at this time. I have no idea what happens between now and then, but that show is going to happen regardless of those things. And hopefully... Often in spite of those things. Yeah, and hopefully we live. Yeah, so, like, I super connect with this. Uh... I understand the criticism. Yeah. But I also feel like a lot of the criticism is the conflict of the show. Like, and to tie it back to professional wrestling, there's a lot of times in professional wrestling where they're like, I don't like that this guy is champion. It's like, yeah, that's the conflict of the show. Eventually he won't be, and that will be a great moment. Yes. So Kermit is not... The Kermit we know and love that, like, we grew up with at this moment. But that's the journey. And the fact that we were denied seeing the rest of this journey is a bummer. And I I really wish we'd seen the start of the journey properly. Yes. That's, I think, the big problem. There is a quote from the Muppet movie that I think is one of the core values of the Muppets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I've got a dream, too. But it's about singing and dancing and making people happy. That's the kind of dream that gets better the more people you share it with. And, well, I found a whole bunch of friends who have the same dream. And, and it kind of makes us like a family. And that is the Muppets. Yeah. We have that saying on a plaque in, in our, our home. home. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, we are a Muppet family. Like, mm-hmm. I can see Muppet merchandise and I'm facing a corner mm-hmm. of, like, yeah, my house. Yeah. Like, there are people who don't get the Muppets, and I pity, I pity them, because they are such a wonderful beacon of human emotion. Yeah, they are easily the most human characters we've studied in the last year on Stay Doomed. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, like, I'm very excited to hear you guys rip into this show. And to that person, I am sorry that we are currently disappointing you, because I have so much love for this show. Yeah, I... This one hurt when they canceled it. I was mm-hmm. deeply upset when they canceled yeah, this. I'm very um, upset that this got canceled. And like it's it was lightning in a bottle because like I when it got canceled, I knew this was not the end of the Muppets. 
but we would never get this again. Yeah, I I do worry that we're not going to get the Muppets as themselves. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I really liked the idea of the Muppets having the professional personas and the personal personas. Yeah. And those being different. Mm -hmm. The Muppets as kayfabe. The Muppets as performers. Yeah. And I I deeply love the Muppets. Like, Mm -hmm. Muppet Christmas Carol was one of the first movies I saw in theaters. Yep. Uh, My first screen name on AOL had the word Muppet in it. Yeah. Uh, I have a 15-year-old Bean Bunny plush in my home Mm -hmm. that goes for like 100 bucks on eBay now. No. Yeah, don't don't touch him. I'll kill you. Okay. Um, like I shan't. The Muppets are like baked in to mm-hmm. both of us so much that it's this show meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. The the Gonzo episode, and even the karaoke episode where it's just pure joy. That's the Muppets. Yeah, and I can see I can see the problems people had with the show, and I understand them. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think there's people who are a little bit wrong. I think there's people who are our age or a tad younger, where the Muppets were for children their mm-hmm. whole lives. Um, rewatch some old Muppet shows if you yeah. think the Muppets are for kids. Go on YouTube and watch like the Alice Cooper episode or the Vincent Price episode. Mm-hmm. The Muppets were never just for kids. No, the Muppets are for everybody. Yeah. Where can people find us, Noah? Uh, well, actually, before we do that, we do have some business we have to attend to. We, we're going to take our hiatus soon yes. because I'm going to be crying for the next four weeks yes. over the Muppets. So we, we are going to be taking our monthly hiatus, uh, and then we will return uh, in October. And it's weird. We're doing a theme month, but not within a month. Yes. So basically, here here's the plan. Uh, there will still be content coming out on this channel. Yep. Uh, at the same times as usual. Uh, it won't be episodes of Stay Doomed. It'll be various other things. Uh, we're doing this so we can launch our Patreon. So there will be a Patreon coming in October. Yep. Uh, and if you want to continue to support us, uh, we're starting a game show in September. Hell yeah. September 15th, we will be launching Conquest, a game of nerd trivia and debate where two contestants will go into the nerd battle dome and duke it out for nerd supremacy. And uh, that starts on September 15th. That's a Tuesday at 8 p.m. on our Twitch channel. That's Plus Two Comedy. Yep, yep. Our first round match is going to be Vegas Lancaster. Human Muppet Vegas Lancaster. Uh, Which, that sounds like you're making a topical joke, but I've seen him perform Manor a Muppet. (laughs) Yes. He really is a Muppet. Yes. And uh, Frank from Legends of the Interwebs. Yes, Frank Cirillo. So that'll be fantastic as well. So be sure to join us for that. When we come back, we will be starting with a very special episode of Stay Doomed, where we'll be doing The Eighth, which is a comic book written by Adam Lawson of... Escape the Night. Escape the Night writing fame. And uh, he might be stopping by the show. Oh, good. So we're scheduling that. So I don't want to say exactly when... uh, that will be dropping, but uh, we're going to try to be getting him in studio over Zoom sometime very, very soon. And then once that is out, we are doing a very special month of episodes we've talked about for doing a while. Instead of doing full series, we are going to be doing four band episodes. Yeah, I love Lost Media. I love the trivia of Lost Media. That's what started this podcast. Yes. And there are certain episodes of TV shows that are pulled from syndication and that are just never 
never really seen again. Uh, the example I like to use is Deadly Force. Yes, which will from, be the first one we're doing. Yes. Uh, Deadly Force from the Gargoyles, which you can catch on Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure that episode... I th- think. I hope. Uh, I am currently looking it up. It's the season one episode. Um, it claims it's on Disney+, Plus, so hopefully it is. Yes. So uh, the current plan is to do that. And we'll also be doing, if I can find it, I used to have it downloaded on my computer, episodes 200 and 201 of South Park. Update, our gargoyle said it is complete and unedited. Excellent. All right, so we'll be checking out. So your homework assignments for while we're on hiatus is read The Eighth by Adam Lawson, and then check out Deadly Force but on uh, Disney Plus from check Gargoyles. Disney Force on Deadly Plus. Yes. And uh, also, if you can find it somewhere on the internet, uh, episode 200 201 of South Park. So that's what we'll be watching next time you hear from us. Hell yeah. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. Yes, and if you have any idea how to start a Patreon or have ideas on what we should include in our Patreon, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. And if you just really need to talk about the Muppets, I'm at Stay Doomed. Until next time, it's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. Stay Doomed.